1: Wednesday, September 8th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians uh, shut out on Wednesday night in Aaron Savali's return to the mound in the major leagues, uh, but Savali, uh, you know, did himself proud, uh, four and two-thirds innings uh, and almost got out of it with, a, you know, at least a chance, but Uh, Gave up a a late RBI single to Anderton Simmons. Uh, The Indians go on to lose 3-0. The offense just wasn't there. But uh, Savali looked uh, better than expected, I think, for for a lot of people uh, after not pitching for uh, nearly
0: three months. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I thought he pitched well. Uh, The amazing thing to me is this guy throws six pitches. And he threw every all six pitches. You know, it wasn't like he was, you know, babying himself or uh, you know. And he said, you know, if if I couldn't throw six pitches, my six pitches, I wouldn't have gone out there. And uh, you know, he did a great job. I thought four and two thirds, like he said. You know, he's got two outs. He gives up the RBI single uh, to put the Indians down one nothing, and it cost him cost him a win, or it cost him the game. But uh, yeah, I thought it was really encouraging showed the amount of work he put in, in the rehab. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how, how he, you know, how he fares going down the stretch here in, in the last uh, month or so of the season.
1: Yeah. He might get what, maybe three more starts the rest of the way out. Uh, if, if, if that, uh, but yeah, Aaron Savali is the kind of pitcher that kind of needs those six pitches to be effective in, it needs to be able to throw them at any time, in any count, because he relies on that deceptiveness uh, because he doesn't have the big arm, the big fastball. Uh, you know, he, his season average uh, Velo, I think, on his fastball is just over 91 miles an hour. So uh, he's not going to you know, blow a bunch of guys away. He's going to rely on his movement and his location and his ability to to spin the baseball up there. And, you know, when you're when your middle finger is sprained, you, you, you can't really do that effectively. But it looked like there were no side effects, no ill effects. He talked about uh, how, you know, he knows at least two guys on the on the Minnesota Twins who were dealing with the same injury. So, uh, you know, it is a freak sort of thing. It is, uh, you know, not a common sort of thing. But uh, he, he worked his way back. He, he was said he talked about being frustrated sitting on the sidelines, watching this team and knowing that he could help. And, uh, you know, also it's gotta be frustrating knowing at the time that he was uh, hurt, he was leading the, he's leading the majors with what, 10 wins. Uh, He was leading the American league in innings pitched with 93. Uh, He was, you know, top 15 in ERA whip uh, batting average against. I mean, that's the resume uh, at you know, after 14 starts, that's the resume of a, a Cy Young contender. Uh, what do you think Savali's chances would have been had he remained
0: healthy and stayed on that trajectory all season long? I think they would have been good, Joe. I don't know if he would have won it. He's, you know, he doesn't have, he's not like, uh, he doesn't have the big strikeout numbers like you were saying. He's not, he doesn't throw 100, mile, 100 miles an hour like, uh, you know, Max Scherzer and, and those other, and, you know, those prominent, prominent starters. But, you know, I think he would have definitely, you know, got some votes, finished in the in the top 10 of, of the voting or whatever. I, I, for, I forget if they, well, they vote for yeah, 10. It's or, top
1: three. It, no, they get five. Uh, Cy Young yeah, gets five, 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 right? five votes. Yeah,
0: yeah, the top five votes. I think he would have got some votes. Uh, and, uh, you know, who knows how, what kind of season he would have had. He might have been a 20-game winner, really, you know, the way he pitched.
1: Yeah. And, 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 you know, as it turns out, the way that the Indians sort of needed that sort of presence uh, all season long too, uh, he, he could have definitely, um, uh, you know, helped out uh, as far as the Cy Young chances. If you look at the rest of the field in the American league this year, uh, everybody's really been suffering with, with injuries. I think uh, Robbie Ray, even Robbie Ray's been, uh, been out, missed some time. He might be the front runner right now in Toronto. Uh you got to deal with the phenomenon that is Shohei Otani, but how much is he really going to pitch down the stretch if they're trying to sort of taper him and, and, and leave him? I think he, he takes himself out of the equation. Uh, even Garrett Cole, who just last night uh, left a game with a hamstring injury, uh, there, then Lance Lynn in Chicago uh, would have been another contender there. But, you know, all those guys have dealt with injuries, had Savali stayed healthy and, and pitched all the way through, I think by default he would have been at the
0: top of the list. Yeah, definitely. He, w- he, w- he would certainly be in the conversation. And, uh, you know, I-, I don't know what it says. I guess, you know, pitching is a dangerous occupation. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it, it, you know you kind of, you know, sh- the, your, the injury factor is always riding shotgun with you. But, uh, and you look at all those guys, Joe Rodon, uh, Bassett, Lynn, uh, Cole, like you were saying, Robbie Ray, they've all kind of, you know, had some injuries this year or, you know, maybe had a stint on the uh, IL. But unfortunately for Savali, he had the, you know, he, he, he's just, you know, the picture of health, he's like six foot, six foot one, 200 pounds. You know, I'm sure he does, does all the training, every pitcher does. And the tip of your, the middle finger, is, you is spring that and, and you can't pitch for like 80 days, you know, right. and it's got to be a maddening thing.
1: Right. What he said was uh, you don't realize how important the, the tip of your middle finger is uh, to a pitcher, but you think about it, that's the last thing that touches the baseball as uh, in your delivery. That's the last part of you that touches the baseball. So it's incredibly important in, in terms of your command, your control, and, and the spin you want to put on a baseball. And speaking of spin, and this just occurred to me, you know, Aaron Savali completely missed the whole sticky substance uh, check and uh, that, that whole controversy. We, we need to ask him what it was like coming off the mound the first time and, and having yourself checked uh, for sticky yeah. substances because he hadn't been through that yet this year, that whole, uh, you know, controversy sort of passed him by.
0: Yeah. His last start, I think was, uh, June twenty first, mm-hmm. and I, I believe that's when either the day before or the day after that's when they started checking. You know, the right. umpires started because yeah. I remember Karen Check getting stuck getting checked in in Chicago when they were at Wrigley Field when they were playing the Cubs. And that's when, right, uh, all I
1: but he left the game because of injury, so he wouldn't have yeah. gotten checked at that time unless it was you know whatever. But uh, yeah, just just interesting to see. The, that that didn't affect him the way it, you bring up Karinchak, the way that it affected Karen check, uh, you know ostensibly, uh, it really didn't affect um, Aaron Savali all that much uh, because he, he wasn't around for that sort of transition. but again, uh, just to, to look at it, just an outstanding start to get him back and and get him a few starts under his belt before the end of the season here, uh, probably the best thing for Savali heading into the offseason.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Joe, I know they're they're going with the six man rotation now. Um, how do you think they're going to work this after the end of this week, when they they've got you know those three double headers within ten days? Are they going to stay with that? Stay with that six man rotation?
1: They've got three double headers within ten days, but they also have two off days, uh, sandwiching uh, that that two day trip into Minnesota. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's they're just going to have to space guys out uh I, he talked about sam hench's uh demarlo hale yesterday talked about sam hench's and uh not seeing him as like a long man or a, or a starter uh, again maybe this year uh you've got a jc Mejia who you you haven't see, or jc Mejia they just sent down to yeah they just sent uh triple so of the the guys that they have up you know, you got to wonder how they're going to work that out and, and stack guys on certain days.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was interesting. You know, he, he said, uh, uh, DeMarlo said, he's, he's, they're not going to overextend some of these starters, especially the younger guys uh, who, who missed all last season, you know, in the minor leagues with no minor league season. And I thought it was interesting the way he used his, his bullpen last night. Uh, you know, rookie Trevor Steffen was the first guy out of the pen which you know in, in a uh, maybe what what was it a, a one nothing game? It was
1: a one nothing game at the time, yeah,
0: yeah. And, and I you know and usually you know in the fifth inning or the, or the sixth inning there where he came in, maybe that's a Brian Shaw inning, you know, or or a, you know a, maybe not Nick Whitman, but a, a, another experienced guy. So you know he he's trying to u- use these young guys more and more. I think then then you go to uh, you know Alex Young, he gives up. He released, uh, you know, Stefan, and he gives up the leadoff homer in the seventh. And again, you know, that's that's a situation where if it's close, you you know, I, I guess you use your young guys. He's going for the matchups there, too, with the lefties. Right. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, I think we're going to see a little different approach uh, to Hale and, and his use of the pen here. I think we're going to see younger guys getting more in leverage situations.
1: And, and he said that as much in his pregame comments yesterday. He says, you've got to use guys like Hentges and, and Stefan yeah. at this point because that's who you've got. So uh, it just means more opportunities for both of those guys and and maybe beyond that as well. Uh, we mentioned James Karincheck. Uh We found out uh, yesterday one of the reasons why he hasn't uh, really made any appearances down for triple uh, A Columbus uh, was because – that was part of the, part of the plan. He was supposed to go down there, throw some bullpens and work on some stuff mechanically uh, before getting into a game for the Clippers.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, they're trying to, uh, it's like a, you know, <laughs> when the Navy brings a ship in the dry dock, you know, puts it up on <laughs> on dry dock and is working on it. So I think they're just trying to repair his, his delivery, you know, like, um, you know Carl Willis the pitching coach was when he got sent when you know uh, Karen check was sent down they talked about you know he his delivery it's right at the end of the delivery that's what they're trying to fix where he's got to get right behind the baseball in a final tick before it leaves his hand and he says you know that's you know he's not getting the spin on the ball that's where you know and you see they said they've seen it you know but it's not consistent so that's you know, they're, they're trying to really kind of micromanage that, that delivery, get it fixed and then, you know, run them out there in Columbus for a couple games and then perhaps uh, bring them back up to Cleveland. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, that's why it's good, Joe, that, you know, the, the, uh, the triple A season is running a little longer than normal, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, they started a month late. Uh, so there's, the Indians are still, you know, they'll be, have, they'll have some game situations for uh Karen Chak to pitch in, you know, some competitive situations if, you know, he progresses to that point.
1: Right. And that's another thing that they, you know, that is a a positive thing in in Shane Bieber's quest to get back on the mound as well. Uh, The availability of those games, those competitive situations uh, there for uh, those guys as they're they're trying to come back. Uh, Speaking of the Clippers last night, they lost to Winnett seven to two. Uh, Ernie Clement had three hits in that baseball game, uh, three for five with a couple of strikeouts. Um, and Roberto Perez also played in the game, had an RBI and a walk. Uh, yeah, so, you know, that's what the, the, you know, the the rehab alert. Our, our rehab report is, is slowly but surely dwindling down to just a few names uh, uh, of guys down there. Um, uh, Roberto Perez might be getting, closer to coming back, uh, you know, who knows if and when that'll happen as well.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, DeMarlo Hale said that he wanted to see uh, um, uh, Roberto Perez be able to catch nine innings, you know, because they, they can only carry two catchers now with, with uh, the only, the, the rosters expanding the only 28 players. So he wants, he wants Perez, you know, I guess stretched out if that's a, the right term for a catcher being able to go, go the distance right yeah
1: and, and the other thing is it hasn't really seemed like they've been super urgent trying to get roberto perez back up and, and going uh if you're reading between the lines there so uh one guy who they are urgent to get back up and going but uh, uh underwent surgery on tuesday is terry francona uh he had the second step of that uh that sort of the second phase of that recovery that he was talking about back in July, when he stepped away from the team, uh, he had a surgery on his his left foot. They inserted a rod. Uh, the report from the Indians was that he was resting comfortably and that he had all of his digits uh, and they were they were in uh, and, and that they were where they needed to be. So, uh, and, you know, obviously when when we didn't hear immediately how the surgery went. Obviously a lot of us uh, in the press box were you know nervous uh, apprehensive about it, but it was uh, it was good to get a report from the Indians that that Tito came through the surgery and that he was doing well.
0: Yeah now uh, you no know, now the hard part I guess starts. he's got eight to ten weeks of rehab. He's also I'm sure he's still rehabbing you know his left hip that was replaced right after he stepped aside on uh, July 29th. So, you know, that's gonna That's gonna It's going to be a, a, a busy uh, fall and in, in off season for Tito, I'm sure. And we still, have, he still has to make the decision. Does he, or does he not come back to manage the Indians next year?
1: Yeah, I think right now more than ever, uh, that decision is probably closer in, in, in doubt than than any of us really care to want to admit, but, if the debate based on the way he attacks this rehab and, and, and gets through it uh, you know, maybe that changes by, by the holidays. Maybe that changes by uh, you know, as the, the off season sort of starts to uh, head towards spring training and, and hopefully the, the call of spring training and, you know, that, that sort of pull uh, will, will convince him and, and get him to, you know, be, be where he needs to be mentally in order to come back and, and, and manage the team again.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, as, as DeMarlo LaHale said yesterday, the fact that he did it now, that he did it in July, that he stepped aside during the season, you know, to get this done, it means, you know, he doesn't have to spend his whole winter rehab that he, the rehab process has already started. You know, if he has a setback, it's not, you know, like it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a domino effect and he's going to, you know, have to continue it in spring training. It's not going to, you know, alter his his spring training plan. So I think, you know, this has given him the best chance to uh, make a good decision and, uh, you know, just give him a, you know, kind of get him in the right, right frame of mind to either, you know, say yes or no, instead of just kind of, you know, hustling through the uh, rehab like he did last year when he had the surgery in January.
1: DeMarle Hale, 18 and 19 uh, since taking over, uh, you know, as acting manager for Terry Francona. So uh, we'll we'll find out and, and hopefully we'll find out what happens to those, those wins, those 18 wins, because they would be credited to uh, Terry Francona if he does come back and, and then that would make him the, the winningest manager in Cleveland Indians history, which, you know, I know is, is it's not a huge thing for, to him, but, uh, it, it's significant and it's important to, to some of us who follow the team.
0: Yeah, definitely, Joe. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, I know the Indians talked to Elias about it um, when they were trying to uh, come up with a formula that, you know, this is the second year, obviously, that they've run into this. You know, Tito only managed in uh, 2020, only managed 14 games and Sandy Alomar managed the rest. Uh, he was credited with those wins, so uh, you know they wanted to find if that, that precedent had been set. So they talked to Elias, the stats keeper for Major League Baseball, and Eli- Elias, you know, this is what the conversation you know involved, and in, uh, what they what they decided was just like you said, Joe. If, if he does come back, you know, D'Amelo Hale's record uh, will go to Francona's record. If he doesn't. The uh, Indians' record under Hale will be credited to him. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: Uh, let's uh, talk about the races in the American League for the playoffs, which all of a sudden uh, things have have started to started to tighten up. Uh, at least in the wild card hunt, uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox have both uh, been on uh, you know a week long skids here. Yankees have lost four in a row. Uh, White Sox have lo- or Red Sox have lost three in a row, uh, but they're both still in wildcard position. With the Yankees holding a half game lead. Uh, however, if you look at the teams chasing them, uh, the Mariners, Blue Jays, and Athletics are all within three and a half games of that wild card spot. Uh, the Indians are eight and a half out. But uh, those those other three teams. I mean, could we be looking at the possibility of a Blue Jays
0: versus Mariners wild card game. I think we could Joe definitely. You know, it seemed it, it doesn't seem <clears throat> possible that that both the Yankees and and, and uh, New York could fall out of that race, but you know, in, in the in the wild card, it is it it's a it's a it's a jungle, man. It's and it changes every day. When uh, especially if those teams get to play head to head, I don't know if they, I don't think they, I don't know how what the the final schedules of these teams look like, but uh, you know you got to win, you got to win every day. You know, remember in uh, 2013, uh, the Indians won their t- last ten games of the season, mm-hmm. and they needed every one of those games to get into the wild card, uh, right? You know, to win that first wild card spot, and uh, you know that's what happens in this thing. You if if you don't win in that division. If, you're, if you don't win the division and give yourself some breathing room, I mean, you're in, you're in, the, uh, you're in the swamp, man, with uh, the alligators and the bullfrogs and everything else, and <laughs> it's a dangerous place to be in that wild card thing.
1: Yeah, I, you remember in that 2013 run, uh, they had a significant win against the White Sox in, in that, that streak there with the uh, Giambi walk-off home run. But uh, last season, the Indians swept the White Sox here in uh, one of their final uh, home series of the season. And that's how the Indians sort of catapulted themselves winning uh, seven of their last eight games into the, the wild wildcard uh, series against the, the Yankees. Um, the White Sox are looking to turn the table this year. They're hoping that when they come to Cleveland in a couple of weeks uh, for their, for the final home series of the year uh, against the Indians here at uh, uh, progressive field, that, they're going to clinch their division title Uh, right now. Their magic number is 17, but we've seen how those uh, magic numbers uh, dwindle uh, pretty quickly. Uh, The White Sox actually making plans to bring their TV crew uh, to progressive field, anticipating that they might be clinching here in Cleveland.
0: Yeah. So what Joe, that's a five game series against the White Sox with a right it's, uh, it's a
1: thursday through sunday but there's a double header on that thursday
0: yeah and on on september 23rd a day nighter and uh five games it was <laughs> so it, it's going to be interesting that that's going to be a uh, a good series and uh you know do the indians play the spoiler or not you know that, that that's uh, that'll be an interesting thing
1: oh. I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to spoil anything. I think uh, it's an inevitability that the White Sox are yeah. going to win, but can they at least defend their home turf and keep the White Sox from uh, spilling champagne everywhere? Uh, it, 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 when, you know, at, at the same time last season, it was Jose Ramirez hitting improbable walk-off home runs uh, to, to sort of spoil Chicago's season. And, uh, eventually what led to Rick Renteria getting fired
0: yeah definitely and uh it's uh you know no no to, no home team likes to, to watch the visitors celebrate on their home field they, they the Yankees did that last year in the wild card i remember the twins doing it a couple times when they when they beat the indians you know this a while ago to to win the central and uh it's not a good feeling but you know, I you know the Indians are in the position they are in, there's, and there's probably no getting out of it. But you can at least uh, make the White Sox sweat a little bit in in that series. That yeah, be po- a, that should be a good one.
1: Postponing the inevitable should be the uh, the goal. All right. Uh, tonight, the Indians uh, take on the the Twins again. They've had so much trouble beating the Twins this year. Uh, they're what. Uh,
0: the Twins are nine and five against the Indians. Nine and five, yeah. Nine and five. That's. Uh... I think they've lost what six of six, five of the last six games between the two teams. But I, I
1: believe we've we've got uh, Tristan McKenzie on the mound tonight.
0: Yeah, McKenzie's on the mound going against Joe Ryan, a right-hander at six ten. Uh, McKenzie, you know, as we've seen, is on a roll. He's had about three of the best starts in his career, but and he's strung them together too. So. We'll see if he can keep that momentum going.
1: Wow, six foot ten starter for the Twins. You you, you might set a record here for uh, for height between the two starters. Uh, and McKenzie's what six five, six six, and yeah, and and this uh, the the pitcher for the uh, the Twins is six ten. Wow. All right. Well, we'll uh, look forward to your coverage here uh, of, of the game here on Cleveland.com. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.